0: Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message We have begun a new series as of last week called Six Prayers, Six Life Changing Prayers for 2021. By way of introduction, how many of you would classify yourself more of a talker than a listener in a conversation? How many talkers do we have out there? You know who you are. It's okay. And how many of you would say, I'm just more of a listener, Daniel. I'm more of a listener. It takes both kinds, right? Oftentimes in a a married couple, there are some in the couple, or one in the couple that are the talkers and the others that are the listeners. And if you get two talkers that are married to each other, Good luck, right? And if you get two listeners that are married to one another, that's, uh, you know, you play a lot of dominoes and puzzles, right? You, there's a lot of listening going on. Um, how many of you have ever been in a conversation with someone and that you could just tell, this person is just a talker, and I can't seem to get a word in edgewise. We've been talking about this idea of prayer and life-changing prayers And really, when it comes to prayer, there is this element that we often think about in terms of what we're saying, what we're doing, what we're speaking to God. And yet, prayer is a means of communication. And if it's a means of communication, there are two parts to prayer. There's the talking, and there's also the listening. You ever wonder why God gave us two ears and only one mouth? Right? Some of you need to write that down, right? Two ears, one mouth. Because oftentimes in our communicating or in our communications, a lot can be very productive if we pay attention to listening. As we've talked about this uh, six life-changing prayers for 2021, we have opened with this premise that following Jesus was never meant to be safe. And so the prayers we're talking about are not safe prayers, but they will change your life if you pray them wholeheartedly. Most of our prayers are either too safe or they're non-existent altogether. Last week, we looked at the prayer, Make Me Bold, and we looked at a very specific instance in Acts chapter 4 with two disciples, Peter and uh, John, and how they were were under very difficult circumstances. They didn't pray for safety. They didn't pray for their well-being. In fact, what they said, Lord, give me boldness to speak for you. And we saw the effects of that. Today we want to look at the prayer, speak to me. Lord, would you speak to me? This prayer was spoken by a boy in 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles or your apps available, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, we, we are introduced to Samuel. And Samuel, the best we can tell, is a 10, 11, a 12-year-old boy. So if you can picture a 10 or 11 year old in your life and you think of this young man Samuel Samuel is working for Eli Eli is a priest and by all accounts Eli has not been honoring God he has not lived up to his calling. His family is out of control. Eli himself has fallen short of the glory of God. He hasn't led well. He himself is in a bad place. And 1 Samuel chapter 3 gives us the narrative of Samuel going to bed one night. Many of you know this story. Uh, he went to bed and while he was sleeping, he heard a voice. So he came running to Eli. Eli was probably in the next room, perhaps. When you went and worked for someone in Old Testament times, you basically gave your life to them. You were an apprentice. You lived, you worked with them, you would eat with them, you were part of their family. And so Samuel was probably in the room next door. So he runs to Eli and said, hey, what can I get for you? What do you need? And I don't, you know, when I wake up in the middle of the night, it's, it's not pretty. Um. I'm not always just with it. It takes me a long time to get my faculties. And I, and I wonder what kind of man Eli was to be woken in the middle of the night. But I want you to picture a 10 or 11-year-old son or a grandson coming into your room and saying, dad, mom, grandpa, grandma, what do you need? I need some more sleep is what I need. Samuel tells him the story. And Eli says, well, just, just go back to bed. It wasn't me. You read the whole story for yourselves. This happens again a second time. And the second time, Samuel is ready. He runs. He hears his name being called. And, of course, Eli says, would you please go back to bed? This happens again for the third time. And at this point, Eli knew what was happening. It dawned on him what was happening. I'll be honest, it probably would have taken me the fifth or sixth time to really understand what was happening. Eli says, you know what, uh, Samuel, if you hear your name again, tell God that you are his servant, that you are listening, and ask God to speak to you. Look at, we'll pick it up in verse 10. It says this, the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times Samuel Samuel then Samuel said speak for your servant is listening and in that moment God spoke to him now here's the thing the message wasn't easy the message wasn't pleasant but Samuel still listened to the words of Eli and he said Lord speak to me Now, one of the things that we understand when we think about God speaking to people is this, God doesn't always give an easy assignment. What he has to say to people isn't always easy. I want you to think about in the timeline of the Bible and maybe some of the stories that you are aware of, the times that God has spoken to people, it hasn't been easy. Uh, Think about Noah. Noah's just minding his own business one day earth had never experienced uh, rain coming from the skies. They hadn't ever experienced flood. They didn't know what a boat was. They didn't know what an ark was. And one day God came to him and used all those words in one conversation with Noah and said, this is about to happen. And Noah spends year upon year upon year building something he didn't ever see, preparing for something didn't know could happen, and experiencing something that the world hadn't experienced before. That wasn't easy. Uh, You think about Abraham, and Abraham in Genesis 11 is just on a road trip with his family, trying to find where they're going to settle, where they're going to uh, prepare to live as a community. And out of nowhere, God says to Abraham, uh, I want you to pack up again, and I want you to go to a place And when you get there, I'll show you. I'll show you where you're going when you get there. The GPS will just say recalculating for a while, Abraham. You just keep going. You think about Moses, and Moses has several points in his life, man. Uh, God shows up out of nowhere over and over and over again. And every time God showed up, I would feel like there's a little trepidation, a little bit of uh, anxiousness in the middle of Moses' heart because he didn't know what was coming next. Think about Jonah. Jonah gets a word from God to go to a place where people he hated lived to speak of a message so that they would have an opportunity to repent. Mary, a young woman, as a teenager engaged, is now carrying. Jesus Christ, I I think about Paul in the book of Acts and and God stopping Paul on the road to Damascus wouldn't have been something if if God just said, Paul, or Saul at that point, just wanted to say hi. (laughs) Carry on. No, because every time God speaks, something significant happens. In fact, every time God spoke to someone in Scripture, it convicted them, it stretched them, and it challenged them to grow and to obey Him. Every time God spoke to someone in Scripture, it convicted them. You say, Daniel, what does it mean to be convicted? Uh, how do I know I'm not just uh, feeling guilty? What's the difference between guilt and conviction? And I would say this, if, if God is speaking to you and you have a moment where something comes up and, and you have feelings of remorse and it leads you to God, that's conviction. If you have a moment where you have remorse and you have guilt and shame and your inclination is to hide from God, maybe avoid church for a while, maybe not pray, maybe not read the Bible because you don't want to hear what God says, and it leads you away from God, that's guilt. That's shame, and that comes from the enemy of our soul. But every time God speaks to someone in the Scripture, it convicted them. It stretched them and it challenged them to grow and to obey him. So, if you, church, if you pray this prayer, Lord, speak to me, buckle up. Look at verse 11. The Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something. Everybody say, I'm about to do something. Rather, one, two, three, go. I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle at that time i will carry out against eli everything i spoke against his family from beginning to end how old is samuel again he hasn't gone to bible college he doesn't have four years of seminary he hasn't been an intern at a church he hasn't spoke to a youth group yet he hasn't been married he doesn't have kids and he's getting something really heavy Look at verse 13, for I told him, this is God speaking, for I told Eli that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemied God and failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. God didn't speak to Eli or to Samuel about easy things. Eli is sinning, and God says, I'm going to judge his nation. I'm going to judge his sons, and you, child, will carry my message to the people. We talked about this earlier. Uh, I wouldn't pray this prayer unless you really want to hear what God has to say. By the way, God is always speaking. The question is, are you listening? So today, how do we hear the voice of God? I want to give you three thoughts this morning to help you be postured to hear the voice of God. Number one, hearing from God involves a fight against distractions. Hearing from God involves a fight against against distractions. And then there in parentheses, the words, be still. We must fight to be still, to pause, and to rest in His presence. Psalms 46 says it this way. He says, be still and know that I am God. To pause, to stop, and to know that He is God. When was the last time we paused, we stopped to listen to the voice of God? When was the last time we put ourselves in a position where we removed the distractions, we turned off the screens, we, we just allowed ourselves to hear the voice of God? We must slow down and silence the noise of this world to hear the voice of God. I want you to remember Samuel. We're going to come back to 1 Samuel chapter 3, but in 1 Kings 19, there's a story about Elijah, and Elijah is waiting for a word from God. And these verses aren't in your notes, but maybe you want to jot them down. I'll read them for you. In 1 Kings chapter 19, it says this in verse 11, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Look at this. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but again, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a what? Boy, a gentle whisper. We must learn what it means to listen to God in the silence. You ever wonder why God whispers? I believe it's because He's standing right next to us. I think God whispers because as a child of God, He promises. Hebrews 13:5, 136 13, 13, says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you're standing next to someone, you don't always have to yell. Sometimes you can just whisper. And I believe that God whispers in moments of our life because he's standing right next to us. And the reason the world shouts, the reason the noise shouts, they're trying to rise above the voice of a whisper. And so fighting the noise is bad enough, but let alone when we invite those other voices into our life. So how might you hear from God in a whisper? What does it look like to hear from God in a whisper? Just a few thoughts this morning. I would say... First and primarily, God speaks through His Word. The reason we call the Bible His Word is because it has God's voice. And if you're asking the question, I don't know what God wants me to do, and you haven't uh, looked at Scripture, you haven't uh, taken the opportunity to, to read Scripture, you're missing the most basic and the obvious way God speaks to us. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says this, in the beginning was the Word and the word was with God, and the word was God. Second Timothy says this all scripture is God breathed, it's inspired by God, and it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness. Psalm says it this way Your word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. God speaks through His word. Um, yeah, he speaks through his word. What, what does it look like for you to hear from God's voice, his gentle whisper? There's a discipline. And I'll be honest, man, in, in, in for us, there are so many easy ways for us to hear Scripture that often it becomes so easy that we don't do any of them because it is so easy. If you have the Bible app, do you know the Bible app will read to you? There's a function on there where you just open it up and it'll read to you. You can set your phone for a reminder. You can—I know this sounds crazy—but they sell—they um, sell these bonded books with pages inside of it. And if you open it up, there's literally the Word of God for you, preserved for generations and for generations and for generations. God is speaking to us. Are you listening? Because it's going to be a whisper. It's not going to be a billboard. Boy, it would be really great, man, if if God just used a billboard. Right? And said what we needed to do that day. And just guided us. Your boss is in a bad mood. Don't ask for the raise today. Like that would be really helpful, wouldn't it? I'm just saying it really would. But I am convinced. I am convinced that if we had a billboard that said, take this exit, not the next exit, we would be so consumed with our own leaning, with our own understanding. And when God makes it really easy, or when we make it really easy on ourselves, we we bypass the easy and we just we go to the difficult. It's a whisper. How do you it's, you're gonna have to listen. And pay close attention. I remember having teachers in school. And um, Mrs. Meeks was first and second grade at um, Roosevelt Elementary School. And she was a great teacher. And she was strict. And when she got mad, you know what she would do? She would start whispering. And she would say, class. And because the volume changed and because it was a whisper... The inclination of us as students is we just leaned in because we didn't want to miss what she was going to say. God speaks through his word. How does God speak to us? What does a gentle whisper look like? Number one, he speaks to us through his word. Uh, he speaks to us through people, through people, through friends, through our spouses, through songs, through, through worship, God speaks through people, and that, that, that puts a different responsibility in our life to sur- surround ourselves with people who are listening to God. So if we are surrounding ourselves with people who also listen to God, what ends up happening is God ends up using them as a vehicle to speak to you. He speaks through us through His Word. He speaks to us through people. He will speak through us through circumstances. Not always, but oftentimes when there are doors that open up in your life, when there are doors that close in your life, uh, it gives you opportunities to step into them. And then I would say, fourthly, God speaks through us through the Holy Spirit. Uh, Hebrews says it this way, "...in the last days He has spoken to us by His Son." And so when there's a prompting in our heart to be generous, when there's a prompting in our heart to love someone, when there's a prompting in our heart that says we really should and something gets filled in and it's compassion and it's generous and it's something specific, that's the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you. And I will say this, those four areas of your life, this is how you listen to the whisper. You listen primarily and 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 foremost through his word, but you listen through people and through circumstances and through the Holy Spirit. And one that ends up happening is this: the more you listen to God's voice, the more you will recognize God's voice. Be still before the Lord and know He is God. Speak to me, Lord. So how do we hear the voice of God? I would say this, number one, hearing from God involves a fight against distractions. Number two, hearing from God means that we will have to exercise both submission and obedience. We will have to yield our spirit to his and we will have to obey when God does speak to us. This is the problem with asking God to speak to him. Now we're accountable to what he says. And so there in parentheses, be willing. When we pray as if we're dictating a list of demands to someone, there's no room for submitting to God's will. There's no room to obeying His voice. And so praying this prayer, speak to me, Lord, means that we are willing to obey God with what God speaks to us in the first place. And so instead of coming to God with the list of demands, what would it look like metaphorically to come to God with a blank piece of paper and say, God, speak to me? Speak to me. Psalms 23 is such a comforting passage. Verse 1 says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I was thinking about this verse as as I was studying for this particular prayer. Speak to me. The Lord is my shepherd. He's my guide. He's the one that leads me, that whole chapter. Uh, But the very premise of the whole chapter is in that very, First verse, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I will lack nothing. Therefore, I will not want. I won't lack anything. Proverbs says it this way trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Perhaps we haven't prayed this prayer because if we're honest, we're not really ready to do what he says and what he shows us. Speak, Lord. Your servant is hearing, or your servant is here. Hearing from God involves a fight against distractions. Hearing from God means we'll have to exercise submission and obedience. And then thirdly this morning, hearing from God means that we will be ready to do what he says and what he shows you. Again, think of Samuel. Who's the 10 or 11-year-old in your, in your life, right? Right? Uh, I think about James McKenzie, I spend time with James uh, every other week or so, and we just hang out and, and, uh, and uh, we play games or chess or we talk about sports, and I think about 10 or 11-year-old James getting a word from God. And here's this 10 or 11-year-old getting a word from God that says, buckle up, I'm about to rain judgment on Eli on his sons. The reason why the sons part is so significant is the sons were uh, were in line to take over for Eli when and if he passed away. And what God is saying, not only is Eli not capable anymore, not only is uh, he not ready to lead my country anymore, I'm taking the whole family out. He's taking Eli out. He's taking the sons out. He says he's going to reign judgment on the nation and god says man eli is not honoring me and so i'm going to trust you with this difficult message samuel judgment is coming look at how it unfolds in verse 15 samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the lord i love the honesty that scripture records from us in verse 15 it says this he was afraid to tell eli the vision yeah no kidding What did God say to you? Well, like I'm going to have a good day, but you, it's going to be rough. Look at verse 16. Eli called and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. Verse 17. What was it he said to you, Eli said? Don't hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you do hide it from me. Anything he told you. Verse 18, so Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him, and then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Verse 19, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. In other words, he was used as an instrument to deliver God's message to the people. Verse 20, all Israel, from Dan, that's a city, to Beersheba, another city, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. Here's the thing. If you ask God to say, if you tell God, say, speak to me, God, he may open up an area of sin in your life. He may reveal to you an area of brokenness, an area of your life where you have been unfaithful to him. Will that change your life? Yeah, you better believe it. If you begin asking God to speak to you and then looking at these ways that that God whispers, if you begin looking at Scripture and saying, God, uh, I'm going to read and I want to hear from you today. And you shut off the noise and you shut off the distractions. You say, God, speak to me through your word. And you read Scripture with that intent Buckle up, he's going to talk to you. The Bible says the word of the Lord doesn't ever come back void. In other words, it always bears fruit. It always does what it is supposed to do. If If you pray, speak to me, God, and all of a sudden you start surrounding yourselves with people who are also saying that same prayer, who are also listening to God, guess what kind of input you get. Guess what kind of counsel you get. Guess what kind of advice starts coming into your life. Buckle up. If you start looking at your circumstances and say, God, this is happening in my life, this is happening in my life, Lord, speak to me. And all of a sudden, those things that seem very coincidental actually have heavenly and divine perspective now. You start hearing from God. If you start, if you start this prayer and all of a sudden you will start recognizing that there's areas in your life where God is speaking to you and pretty soon the Holy Spirit starts uh, coming into your life and saying you should let's be generous today let's pay for that person's coffee let's be generous today so you know so-and-so's been ill let's make him a meal today and you start thinking, oh, this, this is the Holy Spirit talking to me. God might be leading you to do something that requires you to trust Him like you have never trusted Him before. Do you have the courage to pray this prayer? Lord, speak to me. Lord, you have permission to interrupt my day. Show me someone who needs to be encouraged. Would you speak to me? I'm going to read scripture today, Lord, and I want you to speak to me. You have permission to speak to me. I'm going to shut off the noise, and I'm going to spend the next few minutes in quiet reverence of who you are. Lord, would you speak to me in this moment? Now, I'll be very honest with you. When that happens, or when I, when I, when I have the discipline to do that, and I'm able to shut off the distractions, and I'm able to just focus and, and ask God to speak to me, you know what he normally says to me? Almost immediately, people start coming to my mind. And I'll say, Lord, um, would, you, would you be with Darren today and Valerie? Would you be with those kids all of their kids, would you give them patience and understanding, give them wisdom? would you figure out would you let them figure out how to have some time for themselves? Lord, speak to me. Father, would you pray I pray for my in-laws, I pray for them in Ohio, and I pray for the cancer treatment that 's coming up. And I pray for the anxiety or the care that might be in their heart. You know what, Lord, thank you for that reminder. I should call my dad today. I should tell him I love him. That reminds me, thank you, Lord. I'm going to call my folks in Southern California. I'm going to tell them I love them. I don't know how many years I get to have with them anymore, and so thank you for speaking to me. Speak to me, Lord. I remember that passage I read yesterday that said, A soft answer turns away all wrath. So, God, thank you for reminding me. Thank you for speaking to me. Today, I don't want to lose my temper, I don't want to act out in anger. Would you give me the courage to have the soft answer? Lord, speak to me. You see, the temptation is going to be this when God starts speaking to thee, if you're like me, you're going to want some details. <laughs> and the honest truth is this, I can't handle the details, and neither can you. You think Peter and John, when, when they prayed in Acts 4, make me bold, and they, they heard from God, and they, they were able to exercise boldness. Uh, you really think if, if God told John, hey, by the way, before you die, you're going to get dipped in boiling oil. You're going to die alone on an island. And when you die, you will never know the impact you made for eternity because you'll die alone. You think in that moment when, when Peter is preaching the gospel with all boldness, that if, that if God said, hey, by the way, you're going to get crucified, and because you saw how Jesus was crucified, you're going to actually get requested to crucif- get crucified upside down. That's how you'll die, Peter just so you know. You think Samuel would have wanted all the details as a 10 or 11-year-old? Yeah. You think he could have handled them? You think he could have handled the fact that he was about to tell his, his mentor that God's going to judge him and his sons? you think he's going to be able to say there's going to be a common point where the nation loves you and you're going to pick a king that they ask you to pick, uh, to pick and then they're going to hate you? And while you're the prophet of God that your words won't carry any weight because of how angry they are with you. 10-year-old, 11-year-old Samuel, you can handle that, can't you? Yeah. So, so the only option is because God's not going to give us the details is just... I'm going to trust you today. So Lord, speak to me today. Lord, speak to me. I will say this. It's not a safe prayer. It can be viewed as very dangerous. And so don't ask him to speak if you're not ready to hear what he has to say. But the only thing more dangerous than praying this prayer is not praying this prayer. Because when you pray this prayer, it will convict you. It will stretch you and it will challenge you to grow and to obey him. But if you choose not to pray this prayer, church, you will miss out on what God wants to speak to you, what he wants you to do in you and what he wants to do through you. Lord, speak to me. Let's bow for a word of prayer. If you're watching from home, I'm going to encourage you to to stick with us right now and bow your heads in prayer. The worship team is going to gather behind me and they're going to prepare to to lead us in worship with two very meaningful songs that are prayerful songs that tie beautifully to what we've talked about today. Father, speak to us. God Almighty, I know it will convict us, but speak to us. I know it will stretch us, but Father, we need it. And I know it will challenge us, but Lord, challenge us. Speak to us. And Father, what we will commit is this. Father, we will be still. We will fight against the distractions of this world so we can hear your voice, the gentle whisper of your voice through your word, through godly people in our life, through circumstances, through the Holy Spirit. We will listen to the gentle whisper. And we will be willing to submit and to yield and to obey and we will be ready speak to us as we remain with our heads bowed for just a moment between sundays this week will you pray this prayer daily will you just take a moment every single day and say god speak to me today With your heads bowed, if you've never placed your trust in God, let me talk to you just for a moment. You're probably wondering what it means to have God speak to you because you've never had a personal relationship with God. You might say God has never spoken to me, but at the same time you're wondering what this pull is that is in your heart right now leading you to him. There's something in your heart that says, man, I don't understand exactly what Daniel's talking about, but I I would love to have that kind of relationship where God speaks to me, where he leads me, where he shows me what he wants me to do and he tells me, and, and I want that in my life. That is the work of the Holy Spirit drawing you to Jesus. He's yearning to have a relationship with you. It's time to give your life to Jesus. Jesus is God's son. He was sent to be the sacrifice to bridge the gap on our behalf and he came to set us free. He came to set us free from brokenness and sin and shame and guilt and insecurity. And this might be the first time you recognize the need for Jesus in your life. Watch out 2021 because this is a new you. This is you with Christ living in you. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on facebook by searching roseburg first christian church or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com in addition if you're listening to this message on apple or spotify we invite you to like subscribe rate and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well god bless you and have a beautiful day